Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. It's Monday, June 15, 2020. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me, and there is big breaking news this afternoon. The homie, Booth Gotch, a.k.a. Both Gag, a.k.a. Botch Gotch, has announced he transferring from Utah to Minnesota. So an Ion College basketball legend is headed to the Twin Cities. Norlander, your instant reaction and analysis, please. Well, of course, that is the Minnesota fight song you are hearing fade down at the start of this podcast. For those who started playing this and were wondering, wait a second, you double-checked, maybe triple-checked your phone. That's right. Ion College Basketball Podcast, sometimes Leaky Black. You know what, though? You can take ownership of Leaky Black. I want dibs on Booth Gotch. Going to Minnesota, finally happening. I got to tell you, we get this news on a Monday. GP, I'm setting the over-under on a Richard Pitino 10-year contract extension in 36 and a half hours for signing Booth Gotch. What do you got, the over or the under there? I think in different times, perhaps, I would go um, under, but um, we are now living in terrible economic reality, and I think 10-year contract extensions are probably a thing of the past, at least temporarily. Don't underestimate the power, influence, and dynamism of Booth Gotch. Returning home to Minnesota, he told 247 Sports, I picked Minnesota because it was the best fit for me overall, playing in the home state. Being with my family during these difficult times and playing with the talented group coming in. Gotch, of course, is going to most likely sit out for next season. He will apply for a waiver. Uh, listen, it's Booth Gotch, so anything's possible. And I'd love nothing more than to talk with you on this podcast sometime later this year and dedicate an entire episode to Gotch getting immediately eligible. But I don't know if he can pull that. Ultimately, though, good good win here. I mean, Minnesota beats out Creighton, Iowa State, Maryland, and Auburn for Gotch's services. He played the past two seasons at Utah. He's coming off a season where he averaged 10.7 points, 3.6 rebounds, and 2.9 assists. Most notably rose to fame when you and I both failed uh, in about seven different pronunciations unexpectedly as he came up during a December episode of the Ion College Basketball Podcast. But he has become... Uh, quite beloved in a short period of time. Legitimately can be a really good player for Minnesota. This is the third transfer for Richard Pitino in this offseason. Um, they also got a uh, Western Michigan transfer who will be immediately eligible, uh, Brandon Johnson, and then there's a... Uh, there's a good freshman guard coming in, David Mutoff, who should, uh, who's from Turkey, who should be pretty good as well. Jamal Mashburn Jr. is going to head into the program. So... I'll tell you this. I mean, Daniel Turu, to me, uh, when he wore a Minnesota uniform last season, was one of the 15 best players in college basketball. Booth Gotch can be one of the 10 best players in college basketball in a Minnesota uniform a year from now, if he so chooses. The team's also going to bring back Marcus Carr, Gabe 
Kalsher, I hope I'm getting that right, and Trey Williams. Minnesota needs to be better. I think it will be better. I don't know if it's going to be a year from now or two, but uh, I had to. I Listen, and full transparency, I insisted we do this podcast here, okay, because it's Booth Gotch. Biggest news of the week as far as I'm concerned in college basketball. I don't see how we top this. The little question I have for you, Parrish, is I know Minnesota wasn't in your top 25 and one. I assume version, what, 19.0 is going to be coming out on Tuesday. I'm going to say, what, Minnesota, from unranked to 17th, 18th, are you going to hold off? Even though Gotch might not be eligible, I'm just wondering if his influence on this roster, you know, scout team and all that stuff, might be enough for you to put Richard Patino's team into the rankings. Here's what I would say. First, I understand your skepticism about Booth Gotch getting a waiver to play immediately at Minnesota. But I would say if Johnny Juzing got one transferring back home to UCLA, why wouldn't the homie Botgok get one at Minnesota? That's a very why? valid point. No, I'm being serious. I know. I'm serious. We'll, that's, I didn't even consider that. To goofing around. Yeah. Um, when, I, when I reached out to people connected to the Juzang situation, I was like, yo, first, congrats. Secondly, how'd you get that done so quickly? It wasn't just that Juzang got a waiver. It was like he got a waiver in like early June or late May. I mean, it was like a really – sometimes these players are waiting for waivers. Like the season started. And like they're still like, I hadn't heard anything. And to get one done that early, how'd you get it done? And what I was told was it was the easiest waiver request ever. You've got a young man on the other side of the country wanting to move home to be close to his family during a pandemic. How was the NCAA going to deny that one? It's like, okay. And if you apply that same logic to Booth Gotch's situation, I would, I would actually assume that he will get a waiver and play immediately. And to answer your question, at that point, I got bad news for Iowa because there's a new favorite. There's a new favorite in the Big Ten. You're going. Go first. Got to. It's by Bugat. Okay, Bugat. <laughs> Refresh, refresh my memory. Why don't we fall in love with Booth Gotch? I, if I, if um, I almost went back and checked, but if I, re, if I remember, so, it had something to do. Okay, your leg was dead. Not yet. Deca decaying. <laughs> your leg was decaying. Correct. And we were headed for a Kentucky Utah game. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. I've I've forgotten some of the particulars here. But here's what I do. I, I do remember. We, we were both getting ready to go. I had returned from uh, Arizona, Gonzaga, come back home, and I was going to turn around in a week or so and go out to join you in Las Vegas for the CBS Sports Classic. And we were probably talking about how Kentucky was struggling here and there and got to doing a light preview or a light scan of the Utah roster. And that's yeah. when I uh, saw both Gak, and then I wanted to. My brain wanted to call him Goth Bach, but no, that's incorrect <laughs> as well. And then so that was about a four-minute segment on a podcast. And then it's not. I understand. It's not quite Devin Downey, 2010 against Kentucky, but we we hit on something again because can, lo and behold, I mean, Booth Gotch comes up on the podcast. I'm going to say it had to be – they played Utah Wednesday, December 18th, so maybe that that Wednesday podcast we would have done, I would guess. And then what happens, GP? Utah plays Kentucky in Las Vegas. Kentucky there in advance of the CBS Sports Classic. Booth Gotch, he has himself a nice night. 34 points. I mean, 30, 
34, 34 minutes. We played 34 minutes. <laughs> you know what? Uh, we can we can completely just uh, go full in on the hagiography of, of Booth Gotch as far as I'm concerned. 14 points, 34 minutes, three three-pointers, two fouls, six, uh, six rebounds. Uh, getting Utah, which is not a good Utah team, a win over Kentucky in advance of the CBS Sports Classic. And I do remember... That was a late tip on the East Coast, so I want to say that was like a ten o'clock Eastern tip, maybe seven in Vegas. I'm pretty sure because it was. I'm. I don't know why I remember this, but I, I do remember watching the game, and it was like I, t- I turned off all the lights in my living room. Like I was just tired enough where I was like, I'm just going to watch this game in the dark and go to bed. And our mentions having these little flares go off because Booth Gotch was like a, a big time impact player in that game, and it just it just happened after he had he had uh, been mentioned on the podcast. And there you go, like Devin Downey helped take down. Kentucky, albeit not nearly as good of a Kentucky team, but a John Calipari coached Kentucky team nonetheless. And so that's where uh, the legend of Booth Gotch began. And here we are now. I think it was probably an example of what you sometimes do when you're doing a local radio hit, like in, in a market, but it's not like Lexington, Kentucky or Lawrence, Kansas. It like might really be in a market where, let's be honest, you ain't really watched that team that much. And so we're getting ready to talk Kentucky play in Utah before, of course, Kentucky plays who Ohio, was Ohio State. State? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, you know, and you know, you you Utah. I'm just talking. I don't. I don't know what I'm talking about. And so I'm like, you know, they got this nice sophomore Botcock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? I don't know. I don't know Botcock. And then of course it's Booth Gotch. But at that point, who cares? And uh, he did. He did go on to have a nice sophomore season. And like, he's a legitimate player. He will help Minnesota. I assume win the national championship at this point. Who do you have? Well, listen, I mean. Booth Gotch in Minnesota, the Final Four, or Rick Pitino in Iona? What's going to happen? What, I mean, what it's going to be an incredible story. Is and, it? Yeah. And I'm I'm predicting it not for 2021, but more for 2022. Rick's okay. got to get some more players in there. Yeah. But I mean, if we're looking up, and it probably wouldn't be a Final Four, but like a Sweet 16 game between mm. a Richard Pitino, Minnesota, Bothcock, and a Rick Pitino, Iona. And whoever is on Iona, <laughs> you could name me one player right now. No shot. Can you name an Iona player? Uh, no, I can't. Of course not. I'm not going to fake a, this. Are you I, kidding me? Right, like, listen. The answer to these questions are always, of course not. But Rosting could. Like, <laughs> Rosting could really break down Iona for you right now. Like, pop quiz. He's, he's ready to he's talk. Got about it. It. He's got it in the oven. He's baking it. That t- that tweet is definitely safe. That's like a July eighth, three thirteen on a Tuesday afternoon kind of deal. He's he's got <laughs> he's got he's got uh, a, a best guess in an Iona starting five and certainly uh, six, seven, eight, nine in the rotation. That's he's he's got a. Got to get some work in, but th- don't worry. That's that's definitely coming. Randomly, though, by the way, I could have given you one Iona player because there is an Iona-Minnesota connection in, in addition to the Patinos, and that's uh, Jelly Fam Isaiah Washington, uh, who started at Minnesota, then left, transferred Iona. He's now transferred again. I don't know if he's picked a school or not, but he did. His two most recent schools uh, were those. But yes, you are you are uh, you are indeed correct about that, and it will be a. It could be a, a, a big-time story, of course, provided, by the way, Booth Gotch isn't so incredible after one more year in college that he doesn't go off and become a lottery pick. That also that's, has to be on the table. Th- that's the other problem. And I should um, send a special shout to my guy Jay on Twitter. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, did not, I, I, didn't know you were, I didn't know you were going there, but, yeah. All right, go ahead. I don't want to, like, sick uh, you know, people on him. 
so I won't even use his screen name, but his name's Jay. And this dude has tweeted me on some days three or four times a day for a long time now consistently. And it would always be this. Is it possible for you to let me know on Instagram what college Booth Gotch decided to transfer to after Booth Gotch announces his decision sometime in June? So I would get that and I'd be like, okay, well, this is a – and then it would be like, um, can I get an answer, Gary Parris, CBS? (laughs) And so like you get it the first – like when when you have our jobs, you get just random questions all the time. It's just – you learn to ignore almost all of it. But like this dude just kept tweeting me. All the time. And I mean, so like, I'm looking at one part right here. He, he asked the same question three times in a span of 11 minutes. Is it possible for you to let me know on Instagram what college Boothgodge decided to transfer to after Boothgodge announces his decision sometime in June? Can I get an answer, Gary Paris? But he wants it on Instagram even though he's tweeting it at you. That's the part that I got frustrated by. I'm like, come on, Jay. Like, first off, the answer is no. It is not possible. I don't, I don't do anything on Instagram except look at people that's all i just I, the only thing i really do on instagram is look at people all right so i'm not going to let you know where booth gotch is going to school on instagram secondly why are you asking me on twitter to ask you to answer something on instagram and why are you asking me over and over and over again it's like my, when my six-year-old comes to me he's like dad you're gonna buy me uh this this thing for um uh what what's the what's the little game oh christ the little game minecraft my son plays Minecraft on his iPad. So he's always like, Dad, are you going to buy me um, this thing on Minecraft? And I say, buddy, if uh, you have a good day, we'll look at it tonight. He'll come back four minutes later. Dad, you going to buy me this thing on Minecraft? Tell and me I a say, message on Instagram about it. I say, buddy, we're going to look We're gonna look at this tonight. I told you. We're going to see if we have a good day first. Eight minutes later, Dad, I thought you said you were going to buy me that. It's just like nonstop. He's like Jay. He is obsessed with Minecraft as Jay is with Booth gotch. So Jay, if you're listening, I want to let you know. But I'm not Booth- going to DM you on Instagram. I'm not going to DM you on Instagram. I'm not going to hit you back on Twitter. But your dreams are—they come true. Because he is—he is a Minnesota fan. I can tell you his his Twitter handle suggests he is a Minnesota fan. So his dream has come true. Boothcotch is a Minnesota Golden Gopher. Well, uh, heading into this podcast, I I figured if you were to tear out levels of satisfaction and happiness over this Boothcotch news, it would be Boothcotch, the Minnesota coaching staff, and Boothcotch's direct relatives. And then right below that, Matt Norlander and Gary Parrish, and then all the rest of y'all can get the hell in line behind us. But apparently, Jay's, Jay's above Booth. Jay's at the top of the list. How about this, though? I got a quick, got a quick thing for you. I almost will transition real quick out of this Booth Gotch stuff. One, sometimes talk about Leaky Black. Are you aware? Mm. I, I, someone made me aware of this, so I assume they made you aware of it. Um, in the past, I think, 48 to 72 hours, Leaky Black celebrated his 21st birthday. Congrats. Congratulations, Leaky Black. Happy 21. Welcome. Now legal age. Now You want to... If you want to drink, you can drink legally now, Leaky Black. There you go. Okay, so happy birthday. And then on the Instagram thing, I someone had tagged me, I think like 24 hours ago. I think it was Sunday. And Slam Magazine put out a photo of R.J. Barrett, like surrounded by all these trophies and like kind of referencing how good of a prep career he had. 
And it was like, I think it was like just my name with laugh emojis. And then I, I looked to see if the same post was like shared to Twitter because that's often what uh, brands or outlets will do, if you will. They'll just send the same content to different social media platforms. And sure enough, they did. And I almost, but I didn't, I almost quote tweeted with who is this? And just to see what people were going to respond back with because I got plenty of feedback, funny and not funny otherwise, about my just disgraceful tailspin flame out of a trivia time there. But the the people are finding me on Instagram as well over my lack of RJ Barrett. Maybe I'll just you know refuse to acknowledge this person going forward and, and really lean into the bit, but I thought that was funny as well. Some people had uh, labeled RJ Barrett, nicknamed RJ Barrett on Twitter as the forgotten blue devil. I like that. <laughs> That was an all. I do like that actually. Yeah, I do. A, uh, an all an all time trivia time moment <laughs> with R.J. Barrett on the last devil. episode. So, if you missed that, I don't care if you go back and listen or not. But like, if you want to really hear Norlander just flailing away, go straight to the trivia time moment, and he cannot think of R.J. Barrett even when I asked him to name me a first team All American who played with Zion Williamson at Duke and then was a top three pick in the NBA draft after one year of college. Like, it is only R.J. Barrett, obviously. And it took Norlander a hell of a long time to get there. Before we get out of here, um, this isn't a college basketball story, but it could be because it's a college football story, specifically a story about college football coach Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. Our colleague, Cal Boone, not Cal Boone, Cal Boone, uh, tweeted a picture earlier today of Mike Gundy wearing an OAN t-shirt while fishing this weekend. Um, Like somebody took a picture, posted it, Cal Boone retweeted it. And next thing you know, Chuba Hubbard, the All-American running back, best player at Oklahoma State, is calling out Mike Gundy saying he will not stand for this and they will not be participating in anything at Oklahoma State. He will not be participating in anything at Oklahoma State until um, there's some real change. The word change all in caps. Now, let me fast forward to the update. Mike Gundy and Chuba Hubbard released a video together that was less than a minute, really awkward, but basically said, you know, they've listened to each other. Um, there's going to be some change inside the program. And Mike Gundy said it starts with him. Specifics, they're light on, but either way, it was the latest example of a student athlete, either current or former, calling out a a prominent coach for something that he's done or said during this movement that we are all living through right now. We've seen the Florida State football situation with Mike Norvell. Iowa just had to uh, fire its strength and conditioning football coach. And then here was Mike Gundy. Um, you know, in a, in a tough spot um, until he seems to have salvaged it. Um, meantime, in basketball, uh, Danny Casper has been called out by former players and his school is investigating that right now. But um, I will say I, we're not going to play the game of who's going to be the first men's basketball coach to get caught up in one of these over politics or opinions on social issues or whatever. Although we could probably take some guesses who it might be, but It is interesting that the country has changed drastically very quickly. And the coaches, at least in football, I should throw Dabo Swinney in there for 
um, you know, wearing a football matter shirt in the middle of a black lives matter movement, um, the coaches who aren't changing with it, or at least properly understanding that what was okay a month ago is no longer acceptable behavior. Drew Brees, Drew Brees learned this the hard way as well. Um, it, it, the coaches who don't recognize that um, are really – they're finding themselves in bad places or they're going to find themselves in bad places because players, perhaps for the first time, hour, first time ever, are empowered to speak up and speak out and call even their head coaches on what they perceive to be as – um, less than ideal beliefs, thoughts, or statements. It's an interesting time, right? Interesting time is putting it lightly. We have never, ever, ever been in a time like this in our lives and in, in the history of this nation in many ways when you consider how much social media can affect and provide progress Two nations. We've seen that around the world. We've seen governments topple because of, uh, frankly, the the rallying power uh, of Twitter. Specifically, when you narrow that down to college athletics, we've never seen players be like this before, and it is really something quite riveting to watch play out in real time. To the point where you mentioned the Norvell situation at Florida State that breaks late on a whatever night, and then by the next morning into early afternoon, it apparently gets all patched up. This particular situation with Hubbard. Uh, which, by the way, I so badly want it to be Chubba Hubbard, but it's Chuba Hubbard. Are you with me on that? I would prefer Chubba Hubbard. Chubba sure. Hubbard would be just all time. Chuba Hubbard's still great, but Chubba Hubbard, man, if only. Um, credit to him. I he Okay, so he puts out this tweet. Then he gets, first of all, Kyle Boone, not Kyle Porter, like putting this thing out there, which he absolutely should. Oh, by the way, like Kyle Boone becoming some sort of uh, – Public enemy for Oklahoma State fans, Kyle Boone, a graduate of Oklahoma State University. Oh, by the way, he's got a he's he's you you know what you should really call up Kyle Boone and you should he's Talking gonna through he, it. he's gonna need some pointers as as someone who has graduated from Memphis and has certainly a strong faction <laughs> against you. Uh, he genuinely might need some pointers and tips going forward. But anyway, regardless, he's the one that set this whole thing going to the point where. Barry Trammell is probably the most authoritative voice in sports commentary in the state of Oklahoma, and he went as to so far as to say on Monday afternoon he wasn't even sure if Mike Gundy would have his job by the end of the week because when you wear something as tone-deaf as a One America News shirt, don't come at me with he can't have an opinion on that. Yeah, he can, and then you can find out what Chuba Hubbard and his teammates think about that opinion. That's how this works. It goes both ways. The players finally have a voice to say something about this, and it was really fascinating to see how that all played out on Monday. And then there's a kind of weird one-minute video in which, oh, by the way, listen, if Gundy doesn't want to apologize for that, fine. Don't apologize for it. But it also is awkward and st- dark when you see Gundy say what he's got to say and it's fine and then Hubbard immediately decides to take ownership of the way that he handled it said I shouldn't have gone to social media I shouldn't have been a man and gone to my coach and expressed that to him directly uh, if you if you believe that uh, more power to you uh, Hubbard but I, I tell you this players doing this on social media provides a megaphone to a point where real change can be enacted, and I think that we have seen it in college football, college basketball specifically with Danny Casper, Texas State. Now, 
to Casper's credit, if you will, his former players at Stephen F. Austin, where he used to coach uh, a long time ago, have stood up for him and said none of the stuff that Casper was alleged to have done at Texas State. We didn't see any of that at Stephen F. Austin. So we'll wait and see if anything comes of, of that independent investigation or not independent school investigation overall. But it is a new era. It is great to see players wield this kind of power. And to me, when I see players doing this. Oh, by the way, Texas. See what the Texas players did in football at the right. it was Friday night. I mean, you go plenty of listeners probably saw this, but they laid out firmly, definitively, efficiently in a two-page memo we're the Texas football team. We're not happy, we're not comfortable, we don't approve of all of these symbols, statues, that tie to white supremacy, to slavery, to racism in our past. We want action from our university now. And it was such a united front. I don't see how and why Texas won't do that. And I think some of that filters down from its head coach because Tom Herman has been very much in the front of this conversation amongst all college coaches, football or otherwise, in terms of recognizing that there is an issue, not making excuses, siding with his players and siding with black people everywhere and saying this is where we have to get better and we have to be not just active, we have to be anti-racist. And look what happens when you have a coach that does that. Look at what what a movement, what happened with the Texas players. They won't be the first. I'm waiting on another one to come later this week, another two, another three. And We'll see. I mean, a lot of this is happening on the football side because I think the players, some of them got back to campus and more so than the basketball team. And so maybe there's been a little bit more of a charge there. We'll wait and see if uh, if college basketball's clock, if you will, is delayed by a couple of weeks before. And we might see some of this stuff as well. Or if we might see a unified front GP in terms of players at universities. And it's it's not just the voice of one team. It might just be it might be the women's soccer team and the football team and the men's basketball team and the ice hockey team and all that. We might even see that going forward. But it is a new era. Players have a lot of empowerment. And I tweeted this. I'll wrap with this. I tweeted this on Friday. To me, when I see all of this... It's refreshing. I, I'm, it's super inspirational. And it's not a long walk from this to players realizing how much power they have with the name, image, and likeness stuff. And if I'm someone involved in that at the NCAA legislative level, I'm, I should be very aware of it because I think the likelihood of any kind of player protest and player strike over these matters, GP... If, if you disagree with me, I'd love to hear the case. But to me, this has accelerated that possibility uh, to such a degree that I don't even know if we can fully uh, kind of show it on paper, if you will, or, or lay it out. Because I just think when you see players no longer afraid to talk to authority on their own teams, I think that it's just a matter of time before. Unless they get everything that they're asking for in terms of name, image, and likeness, if we saw something significant in terms of a stand and a statement later this year or next year, it wouldn't shock me because they've got the power and now they're truly showing they know how to wield it. I think you can connect those dots, sure. Um, you know, I, I think the first example was Florida State, right? You see a player stand up, and now it probably needs to be a prominent player. Like you, like you might not want to try this if you're the uh, fourth string uh, tackle, but you know, when you are the best uh, defensive player on the roster, you the captain of the football team, you step up and you say, "Yo, Mike Norvell, we ain't down with this. Like, we need to talk, bro." 
and he's ready to talk to you, ready to apologize to you and apologize publicly. That is a moment where a student athlete goes, whoa, I just spoke up publicly uh, against the head coach of the Florida State football program, and he apologized to me, Mm -hmm. and he apologized to the country, and we got what we wanted, whatever that is. That's a meaningful moment because I don't think you get the other moments without that one. Like I think everybody around the country looks up and goes, oh, okay. Well, like now it's my turn to call out some something I don't think is appropriate. Like what's remarkable here is Mike Gundy could have worn that shirt a month ago and nobody would have blinked. I mean like you and I would have blinked, there would have been right? Some, yeah, or there, and there would have been eye rolls. I mean because Gundy's had some embarrassing statements actually consistently over the years. But even at the start of this coronavirus situation, GP, remember, he was on a media call, I believe it was. Right. And even then, I mean, he kind of said the the bad part out loud where he, he effectively said our players need to come back and be able to play in September because – uh, the state economy relies on Oklahoma State football, you know. So he's actually gotten himself into some hot water earlier this this offseason, if you will. Correct, but like, okay, so you and I, the players wouldn't have stayed. The player, how about this? The players didn't say anything right. about his support of OAN then. But then all he is, he's not even talking about OAN in this incident. He is simply wearing a T-shirt while fishing. But because the country has changed so much over the past three weeks, specifically since the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis. And players have now seen that they have a voice, that it's time for change, and that they can stand up to power and win. I do think that all plays a role in Chuba Hubbard standing up today. And I will say, uh, when I saw the, uh, the the video of he and Gundy tonight, I was a little, I don't know, di- disappointed is the wrong word. Because who am I to... To, to say what should be good enough for Chuba Hubbard or not. Like he got what he wanted, I, I guess, or otherwise he would still be standing um, in, in disagreement with Mike Gundy. So if he got what he wants and the other players got what they wanted out of this, then, then, you know, that's good enough for me. I can't sit here and argue against it, but um, you, know, you know, he did stand up in a very public way and, and it got it was effective. It got a lot of attention, and you can be assured it shook Mike Gundy. It shook him to some degree because just before that video was published, his athletic director Mike Holder was on released a statement and said, "You know what the the events of today are very disturbing. You know that that um, it, it was a it was the type of quote that you thought, oh wow, he might not survive this. Right. And then you had and then you had Barry Trammell, the columnist." You know, talking about, I don't know if he's going to survive this. It now appears Mike Gundy's going to survive it. So whatever. But I guess I'd put it this way. Other coaches, football and basketball, would be wise to learn from this because, you know, there are things you could get away with a month ago that you cannot get away with anymore. If you're Drew Brees, if you're the head of CrossFit – if you are the running a security Clemson, company, head of Clemson football, head of Clemson football has to apologize for wearing a football Matters shirt. You know, if you have a security company in Charlotte, you mm. e- reply to an email incorrectly. Like there are just things that we have reached a point in this country where they, we're not accepting it anymore. And for Mike Gundy to wear that OAN T-shirt showed a real lack of understanding of that moment. And he got called on it. In, a pr- in about the most public way you could get called on it. And that doesn't mean that every coach needs to vote a certain way come November. Um, it doesn't mean that all conservatives are bad and all liberals are 
the best. It just means that you better be aware of what you're saying, what you're representing. And OAN, because I've had some people say this, oh, if you wore an MSNBC shirt, would he get the same treatment? Like, come on, let's not be stupid. OAN is not MSNBC and it's not CNN. It is an extreme – it's not even fair to call it a conservative news channel. It's not even – that's not even fair to conservatives. It is a – it is an extreme right-wing network that um, that that peddles conspiracy theories, propaganda, and yes, racism. They have had two different hosts describe Black Lives Matter. One called it a, quote, farce, and the other said it was a terrorist organization. Now, as I talked about this on radio and then posted a really great bit, coincidentally, that John Oliver did on this two months ago on Last Week Tonight, I posted it on the Facebook page. And some guy jumped on and he was like, I, I, you know, he's a white guy, needless to say. He said, I, I wouldn't care what my coach's political beliefs are. I would just care if he's a good football coach. And I said, well, with all due respect, I don't care what you would care about because you don't matter here. You know, you're an old white guy. What matters here is that a young black man who doubles as an important football player at Oklahoma State, saw his coach wearing a shirt with a logo of a news organization that has called Black Lives Matter a farce and a terrorist organization. And he decided to stand up to him. And he did it in a way that I promise you, I can't get inside Mike Gundy's head and tell you what he's going to think tomorrow. I bet he never puts that shirt on again. And... You know, you get the comments like, well, whatever happened to free speech? Listen, nobody, the people, 99% of the people who, who reference, quote, free speech on social media have no idea what they're talking about. They never use it correctly. So, like, I shouldn't even be surprised at this point, but, like, here we are again. It is not a violation of, of Mike Gundy's free speech to criticize him for wearing a shirt with that logo on it. Mike Gundy can wear any shirt he wants to wear. He could wear the Confederate flag to lunch tomorrow if he wanted to, but he's going to get judged on that. He won't get thrown in jail for it, but he'd probably lose his job, lose a bunch of friends, and lose football players' respect. And so um, I, I sort of explained it this way on radio. You know, I, I, I love Ryan Adams. The old Whiskey Town frontman, who's one of the great songwriters. You know, I've got all his albums. I've listened to him a whole bunch of times, and I've seen him in concert many times. And at the most recent concert, which was several years ago now, I my wife was like, "Hey, I want to get a T-shirt." You know, at the merch table, I said, "Okay, you're gonna get a T-shirt. I'm gonna get a T-shirt." And it, it, you know, I got a Ryan Adams T-shirt. It says Ryan Adams right on the front, big red letters. And I wore it, you know, a few times, like you do. It's a T-shirt, one of a million. And then um, there was a story. I think New York Times not too long ago, where, by all indications, Ryan Adams is a creep. He was using his position in the music industry to, you know, uh, entice female songwriters to get into, you know, hey, I can maybe help you, or, you know, I can produce this, or, you know, just, I'm Ryan Adams, and people are infatuated with that. And then it was like he was trying to leverage it into inappropriate stuff. And he was apparently online chatting with an underage girl. And so guess what I don't do anymore? I don't wear a Ryan Adams t-shirt anymore. Not because I don't think, uh, you know, come pick me up. It's still an excellent song. But because I don't want people thinking I'm down with Ryan Adams. Alleged behavior. So I don't wear a t-shirt that says Ryan Adams on it. Because it is a reflection – when you see somebody in a t-shirt, it is usually a reflection of what they like or what they think. Like I've got a Mets hat on right now. If you saw me in it, you could reasonably assume I'm a Mets fan. Good guess. Similarly, if you have an OAN network, it's 
T-shirt on, it suggests you are down with what they are peddling. And if you're down with what they're peddling, I can certainly understand why, you know, I, I can understand why anybody, but especially a young black man in this moment would have a big problem with it. And other coaches, again, football and men's basketball, when your job is heavily reliant on having relationships with young minorities, you'd better be aware that what you say, what you wear, what you retweet, what you endorse is a reflection of you and what you could get away with a month ago, you can't get away with anymore. Yes, indeed. Players have the power. They're starting to know it. And I would not be surprised at all if we saw variations on this theme in the coming days and weeks uh, play out on the football and the men's basketball side. We'll have to keep an eye on that uh, as we go on uh, as we go on forward. And we'll wait and see what happens, if anything, from the Danny Casper situation at Texas State. GP, I'm good to wrap, by the way, here. We, you know, uh, didn't mind the detour. I'm going to close out. Let's bring it up. I'm going to close out the pod again. Some more Minnesota fight song. Are you Are you familiar with the lyrics of the Minnesota fight song? Never sung it. If I'm telling you the truth, I've never sung it. Yeah. Okay. Neither have I. And I I did not know them until literally about 20 minutes before we did this podcast. So enjoy, uh, Minnesota fans that have tuned in. Booth Gotch is in the mix. He's coming home to Minnesota. And this podcast is your home for all Leaky Black and Booth Gotch content. Shouts to... Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry M. F. Fatigo. Shouts to Larnell. And shouts to the current legend, Bob Thank you for listening to the podcast. Tell somebody about it. If you're not subscribed, go subscribe. We'll be back real soon. Until then, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.